This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. And you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 210, episode 210 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like the Wicked Fast Podcast, Chance to Strive, Be Fit, Daycations, No Limits with Kevin Cooney, Music You're Missing, Eat the Damn Cake, Drinks After Work, 30 Flirty and Surviving, and of course, I'm the promoter he's the dj you can find out more information about these great podcasts at bignightmedia.com and if you're into sports cards you can always check out card vault breaks which are available basically every single night on whatnot youtube facebook and instagram you can always check them out in person down at patriot place down in foxborough massachusetts or down at foxwoods resort casino foxborough foxwoods I mean, Card Vault just loves towns that start with the letter F, I guess. And you can always follow Big Night Media on Instagram at Big Night Media. Don't forget to check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday every Tuesday for your chance to win free tickets to Big Night Live. And you can always get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Okay, great. Thanks. Glad that's over and done with. Let's talk about the Boston Celtics that are currently 47 and 21. Only 14 games left this week. They, Or I should say last week, they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers in overtime 118 to 114. They beat the Portland Trailblazers 115 to 93 and then started their six their six game road trip down in Atlanta with a win over the Atlanta Hawks 134 to 125. That Cavs game was the Celtics 11th overtime game this year and they are 4 and 7 in those games. Not great, Bob. Not great at all. But in those seven losses, they have lost by a combined 29 points. So that's like what? 4 points a game, give or take for simple math, but this week the Boston Celtics are playing the Houston Rockets tonight, Monday night at 8 p.m. Then Wednesday, they're in Minnesota playing the Timberwolves. And then they go to Portland to play the Trailblazers again on Friday at 10 p.m. And then they end the week on the second night of a back-to-back against the Utah Jazz on Saturday at 9 p.m. They are currently one and a half games behind uh, the Milwaukee Bucks for first place in the East. And they are two games up on the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the Bucks this week, they play the Red Hot, probably the best team in the NBA right now the Sacramento Kings. They've scored like over 120 points in nine or 10 of their last games. It's absolutely insane. That's actually who the Celtics play to end this uh, six-game road trip that they're on. That's I think they're in four different time zones during this. It's not like your standard West Coast road trip. They're literally basically all over the country. It's pretty crazy. Um, let's see. What, who else do the Bucs have to play this week? Then they have to play the Suns in the second night of a back-to-back, then the Pacers, and then the Raptors. And then for the 76ers, they play the Cavs, the Hornets, and the Pacers. Now, keep in mind, 
for the 76ers starting on, what is it, March 22nd. They are going on a four-game road trip against the Bulls, Warriors, Suns, and Nuggets. And then they come home and play the Dallas Mavericks. So that's a very tr- uh, trough. <laughs> that is a very tough stretch for them. So it's going to be very interesting. And as far as strength of schedule goes for the remaining 14 or 15 games for all the teams, 76ers have the fourth toughest. The Bucks are 15th and the Celtics are 23rd. The Celtics are slowly going to be running out of excuses if they don't get this one seed, knowing that they have the seventh or eighth easiest schedule left in these 14 games. Now, we have to keep an eye on these Raptors games for the Celtics because they have to play them two more times. And if, let's just say, the Raptors are kind of out of the play-in or they're locked into the play-in, it's going to be interesting if they rest any of their guys and if the Celtics rest any of their guys as well because at this point, now that the Celtics are you know, a game and a half, game, whatever the case may be, behind the Milwaukee Bucks, you really can't rest anyone if you want home court advantage. So it'll be interesting to see how the Celtics play that out. Is it going to be one of those things where they're just like, um, we're cool with the two seed as long as we get the rest, or are they going to want everyone um, <clears throat> to play as much as possible to get that one seed? Um, what else do we have to talk about? Um, what else did I put in my note? Oh yeah, Peyton Pritchard. So Peyton Pritchard might miss this entire road trip due to a heel injury. And it was very interesting on Saturday night, for those that were really paying attention to the game, Kemba Walker was spotted behind the Celtics bench. And there are some hot and heavy rumors going around that they could be bringing Kemba on the roster to fill in for Peyton while he's gone, or maybe even give him the final playoff spot over J.D. Davison. Maybe they just don't trust him yet, even though he's having a great season up in Maine. And just like a quick thought on that, like, listen, I love Kemba. It's it's hard not to like Kemba. I know the players love Kemba. I don't blame him. But no. He is not bringing a lot to the table anymore. And it's sad because he had an incredible career. He I don't know if he'll ever be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he should be because it is the Basketball Hall of Fame, not the NBA Hall of Fame. And obviously what he did for UConn and, you know, his entire NBA career, he was always an all-star you know, was a huge star in the city of Charlotte that's always really struggled uh, to to be like a top-tier team. But, you know, I mean, he's just he's just not bringing a lot to the table. Uh, he, he's always hurt. It sucks. He played nine games this year for the Mavs, and I think he shot like 25, maybe 26% from three, which, you know, we don't need that at all. So that's where the Celtics currently are right now. And I know everyone... Um, is waiting for me to talk about this. So let's just talk about number 12, shall we? Uh, I wish I had a little intro music for it, but I don't. But here we go. And listen, before I begin this little rant, let me just say, as much as I dislike number 12 and the fact that I never wanted the Celtics to draft him because I knew the type of player that he would become in the NBA, I hope this injury for him that he's going through, he gets better as soon as possible. Because listen, as much as I dislike Number 12, the basketball player. I'm sure he's a nice person. I'm sure his family's great. He is needed for this team in the playoffs. I, I believe that. He, he's been there before. You want that experience factor because that definitely helped the Warriors beat the Celtics last season. But let's just start with this. For those that don't know, number 12 opened up on The Athletic about a ligament strain in a shooting elbow um, that he hurt uh, in the Grizzlies game back in February at TD Garden. He has been out of his routine, lifting weights, and kind of re-aggravated the injury when he played over 45 minutes in that double overtime loss at the Garden against the Knicks. 
And because of this injury, he's having a hard time uh, grabbing anything with his right hand. So when you look at it, since his injury, he has shot 30, 34% from three, 37% from the field, and 66% from the three-throw line. He has two DNP due to coaches' decisions and has four games where he's played 16 minutes or less. And before this injury, he was averaging about 27 minutes a game. So a couple things here. Number 12, buddy, pal, friend, colleague, acquaintance. If your elbow is hurting that much and you can barely grip the ball, why the fuck are you talking shit at the free throw line? Like, think about that. Imagine you're hurt and someone's talking shit to you and you think you can be better than them when you're hurt and you're not 100%. Also, why didn't anyone know about this injury until after he, the world tore him apart for missing those two free throws? Because before the Grizzlies game, he was an 85% free throw shooter. So I understand the confidence level that he's at. But if you can't grab a basketball and you've been hurt for the last two or three weeks, why the fuck are you talking shit to an all-star? And the other thing that I don't get is he went four or five from three in that game. So are you feeling better? I don't get it. Then you come back against the Trailblazers and play 12 minutes and you take eight shots in those 12 minutes and then you go to the free throw line and miss another free throw? Bruh. What are we doing here? Like, I don't know. (laughs) You, like, you can't be talking shit when you're hurt. And then (laughs) the next day, tell everyone that you're hurt. You can't do that. That makes you look even worse than you already do. And, like, as much as I dislike number 12, I mean, let's be honest. I we, We all know that he is better than missing those two free throws. He is. But you can't talk shit while you're hurt. You can't do it. So, number 12, I know you're not listening, but if you are, just this one time, you got to stop talking shit to other players. You got to stop talking back to your coaches. You got to stop blaming everyone else when you fucked up like you did that play at the end of the game of the Knicks game. You just got to know your role and shut your mouth. Like, you, you know, the words of The Rock. Know your role and shut your mouth. Because, listen, number 12, scoring 10 or 11 points a game, getting four or five rebounds a night, setting screens, making the right play, having confidence in your jump shot, that is what is important to this basketball team, not you always running your fucking mouth. I don't get it. Like, it's so frustrating because if number 12 has confidence in April, May, and hopefully June, that's going to be a good thing. But I would rather have you not say a word to Donovan Mitchell (laughs) and make those two free throws because it would be, listen, it would be an honor and a pleasure if number 12 could shut me up. But right now, the only person that he's shutting up as much as he loves to talk is himself. So get healthy, get confident, and shut the fuck up while you do it because we're all sick of hearing you talk. We'd rather have you perform. Thanks so much, number 12. Anyways, um, before we get into stud and dud of the week, um, I want to talk about four quick things that I saw from this week that I really enjoyed. And I'm not talking about the Cavs game since half the ras- uh, half the, <laughs> the Aster. What? Half the roster was basically uh, was basically out. You know, Tatum wasn't there. Uh, Smart wasn't playing. Rob wasn't playing, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, clearly I can't talk today for whatever reason, but whatever. Um, there are three things from the Hawks game that I did love and notice and I feel like is a good trend and has to continue. Number one, 
Jalen and Jason scored or assisted on the final 24 of 29 points in the fourth quarter versus the Hawks. They scored in bunches, and they each had two assists. And that's what these two need to do. You don't have to take over every single game by scoring a bunch of points. If you can make the right basketball play, defensively, get rebounds, nice outlet pass, find the open man, get the right shot for your team, that's what you got to do. That is what is going to make you the best duo in the NBA. And we can argue all night if they're the best duo in the NBA or not. But last night showed why they, uh, I'm sorry, Saturday night, it showed why they could be and why they actually might be the best duo in the NBA. But the rest of the way, these two need their confidence sky high. Jalen needs to be confident in everything that he does. Jason needs to be confident in every single thing that he does. And Tatum might already be there. 11 of 24 from three in his last two games. Jalen had seven assists against the Hawks. He's getting confidence in his teammates. Jason's getting confidence in maybe his three-point shot again. That's what you love to see. But 24 to 29 points they were a part of in the fourth quarter for a win. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Number two, the rebounding in the Hawks game, especially late in the fourth quarter, was very scary. And I get Rob wasn't out there. But they got bunches and bunches of offensive rebounds. And this is where I understand Jason Tatum had 15 rebounds in this game. But Tatum and Brown need to step up when Rob's not playing. And I listen, I know I'm asking a lot of them. But when you're the best duo in the NBA, you got, you got to do a lot of things to make people happy. But Tatum could have easily had 15 rebounds in this game. I mean, uh, 20 rebounds in this game. He had 15, which is great, but he easily could have gotten 20. There was a few times he just didn't box out, and the Hawks easily got offensive rebounds. But 13 offensive rebounds for the Hawks. One of them was by Okongwu, a bench player, got five of them. The Celtics, as a team, got five offensive rebounds. But, like, I get, again, I get why, you know, Rob's not out there. He's going through a hamstring injury. Hopefully he's back soon. I understand why the Celtics are being cautious as possible, but... During this time, people need to step up. That's Hauser, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, Derek White. Everyone needs to step up on the rebound, rebounding side of things. They really and truly do because 13 offensive rebounds, especially late in the game, ain't it. Ain't it at all. Number three, did everyone see how well the Celtics played in the first eight minutes of that second quarter? Defensively, offensively, you, you name it. Ball movement, rebounding, communication, defensive rotations, name it all. If they can do that consistently, good luck to everyone. The, I mean, like, the defense was so good. They rebounded. They pushed the pace. Like I said, the ball movement was absurd. Like, if you just want to go back, watch the first eight minutes of the second quarter, and you say to yourself, oh, look, it's the November Celtics. And the November Celtics are why they're in the position that they're in right now and why they're favored to win the NBA championship this year. And then finally, did you guys see the minutes? That the starters logged against the Trailblazers, Al 24, Jalen 25, Marcus 22, Tatum 31. That has to happen tonight against the Rockets, against the Spurs, and against a lot of other teams down the way. Shout out to the bench. But if the bench can close out games going forward against these shitty teams, (laughs) that's what I'm talking about. That's the rest that these guys need. Al Horford only playing 24 minutes, huge Now, Tatum still played 31. You'd obviously like to see him play 25 like Jalen. But for whatever reason, Joe Mazzulla plays Tatum because they're good friends and Tatum loves to play, and I respect that to a degree. But anyways, those are the four things that I really enjoyed uh, this week, or I would say three out of the four things uh, that I enjoyed this week from the Celtics. And now it is time for Stud and Dud of the Week. So everyone say it with me. 
Hit the music. And now, it is time for the Celtics stud. And the Celtics dud. Of the week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 210 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm going to do this real quick because I still got a lot to say. Uh, the stud of the week is Jason Tatum. I feel like he's finally getting his rhythm back. Loved how he played in the fourth quarter against the Hawks. Obviously, loved how he played against the Portland Trailblazers as well. His rebounding has been off the chart lately. You know, obviously... Quick shout out to Jalen Brown for the Cavs game, almost getting a triple double. He was the only one out there, definitely carried the team. So shout out to Jalen as well. But your set of the week is Jason Tatum, and the dead of the week is Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, for whatever reason this week, really annoyed me. Jacking up, you know, twelve shots versus the Hawks when he knew he was off, not rebounding the ball. His assists, like, are are down as well. Like I know one game he had six assists, but there were a couple times where he he thinks he gets these matchups, and I don't blame him. But he can't just come down the court and just go straight to the post and try and hit a shot. That's that's not it. Like Jalen and Jason are probably the only two guys that are allowed to do that on this basketball team. But at the end of the day, this team works better when there's a lot of ball movement. And Marcus, I don't know, at times this week didn't seem to do that and was really annoying. And I also think he's getting too worried about the refs. I mean, he got tossed for a dumbass reason versus the Hawks. Yeah, I know he got kicked in the groin by, you know, Trey Young. Say something, move on. There's two minutes left in the game. Don't get tossed. Don't get ejected. He flopped too while he brought Trey Young down. Like, ugh. Marcus need Marcus has been in this league too long to know that that sometimes the referees stink. Okay, and he has to accept that. And I know he's a defensive player, or you know, the former defensive player of the year. Obviously, he's not going to win it this year. But Marcus feels like he's not getting respected, and that's fine. But you also been in the league long enough. You got to keep your head in those type of situations. It's so annoying. And I don't know if maybe Derek White playing a lot better than him this year. And when I mean like a lot, like a lot better than him this year, I don't know if that's annoying him too. Like he feels like he has to do more when he's on the floor so Derek White doesn't take any of his minutes. I don't know. We'll see. But I was not happy with Marcus Smart this week. So your stud of the week, Jason Tatum, your dad of the week, uh, Marcus Smart. So. Let's talk about the four games this week, including the game tonight against the Houston Rockets. Uh, the last time these two teams played, the Celtics won 126-102. to 102. Um, The reason why the Celtics won that game, they pulled away in the fourth quarter with great defense, only allowing the uh, Rockets to score 21 points. Jalen and Jason combined for 77. Al, Marcus, and Derek, uh, and Malcolm Brogdon all combined for 9 of 26 from the field, so that wasn't ideal. Um, they will miss Rob, though, because in that last game, Rod... Against the Rockets, Rob had 15 rebounds, so obviously that's important. And listen, the Rockets are tied for the worst record in the NBA. They're 2-14 and 14 in their last 16 games, and their two wins have been against the San Antonio Spurs, who have the second worst record in the NBA. And listen, they have a bunch of talent. Um, Green, Porter Jr., uh, Jabari Smith Jr., Kenyon Martin Jr. Like, <laughs> they got some of the best juniors in the league, for sure, but... This is just one of those games. You get a big lead. You rest your starters just like you did against the Trailblazers, and you move on. Then the Timberwolves game on Wednesday in Minnesota. The Timberwolves are a weird team. They're very up and down. They've lost two in a row, but before that, they won three in a row. But before that, they've lost three in a row. Uh, since the All-Star break, they're bottom seven uh, in offensive rating, top 15 in defensive rating, 11th three-point shooting. Celtics are seventh three-point shooting, so this could be a – could be kind of like the beginning of the Hawks game where everyone was just shooting three-pointers and they all went in. But both teams 
are bottom 10 in turnovers. And I'm, I'm sorry, not the Celtics, but the Timberwolves are bottom 10 in turnovers. They're just all over the place. So, and listen, the last time the Celtics played them was in December at TD Garden that the Celtics won, and they're a much different team now thanks to that Lakers trade. Um, they don't have D'Angelo Russell anymore. Obviously, Anthony Edwards is a baller. He's going to get his. They have Kyle Anderson back and healthy. They didn't have him last time. He moves like a sloth but does everything very well. I think the last game or two games ago, he dropped 17-11 and 7 for them. Tatum's going to have to apply a lot of pressure for him, and Kyle Anderson's also a long and very good defender, so Tatum you know, could have some trouble, but we'll see. Obviously, the, the big matchup in this game without Rob is obviously... Al Horford and Rudy Gobert. Is Rudy Gobert going to dominate the boards? Are the Celtics going to allow a lot of offensive rebounds? So that will be very, very important. Um, They now have Mike Conley, you know, a veteran guy, but he's not the same as he used to. So Marcus will have to do a good job there. And then Jaden McDaniels, one of the more talented guys, young guys in the league, will have a hard time with Jalen, but he's also a good defender, rebounds the ball very well. And uh, speaking about rebounding the ball uh, very well, they got... um, Oh, God, what's his first name? Begins with an N. Um, Nazari Reed. Is it Nazari? Nazari? Anyways, why am I thinking about my friend Dave Nazari? Anyways, Reed off the bench for them. Monster on the boards. I, I feel like number 12 or Blake Griffin could have some problems with him. We'll see. Trailblazers on Friday. I mean, they do play better at home than what they showed up uh, on the road uh, last Wednesday at TD Garden. But I'll just basically copy and paste my notes from episode 209 last week. Just control Dame. They've lost 7 out of 10. They're still fighting for the play-in. Their bench sinks. And just box out Nurkic. And you're good. And then, Saturday night against the Utah Jazz. Jazz started this year off with a wild, wildly hot record. Best record in the NBA. Everyone went nuts for him. And when you think about it, Will Hardy is their head coach. Will Hardy, former head assistant, um, next to Ime Adoka and the Celtics last year. They know exactly how the Celtics play. They know exactly what, he'll know exactly what Jalen likes to do and Jason likes to do. So that defensive matchup will be very interesting to watch as well. But listen, they're holding on to their final playoff or the final play in spot for the playoffs by half a game. They're four and five in their last nine games. And they also have guys that can randomly go off for them. You know, Tyler Horton Tucker, he's a guy that can score points, but he's also good at getting others involved. Jordan Clarkson, last year's Sixth Man of the Year. Or did he win Sixth Man of the Year last year? Either way, he's one of the better six six men in the league. Laurie Markkinen is an all-star, you know, great young kid. Finally had a good opportunity in Utah where he really couldn't do much um, with the Cavs or the Bulls. 25-9 and nine for him this year. Colin Sexton good player for them. Uh, Kessler off the bench, tough on the boards, good defender. But Kelly Olynyk starts for them. Gross. Look, like, stop it. Like, if Jason Tatum sees Kelly Olynyk defending him, I hope Jason Tatum goes off for a gazillion points. They also got Rudy Gay off the bench as well. It's a nice team. But the Celtics are better, and the Celtics should win. Simple as that. But listen, if the Celtics don't go 4-0 this week, I'm going to be fucking furious. They are better than every single team that I just listed. The Rockets, come on. The Timberwolves, they're better. Yes, I understand that the Timberwolves can be very good at times and very bad, but even if the Timberwolves are very good, the Celtics are still better. The Trailblazers you just destroyed last week. They're going to be pissed, but who cares? Beat them again, and then the Jazz are not good anymore. So you have to go 4-0 this week. And I understand this time of the year, it's boring for them. 
It really is. They want to get to the playoffs so bad, and I get it. But I promise you, it will be more boring on the road in the playoffs if you don't have home court advantage. So win these fucking four games this week. And that's it for episode 210 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, don't forget to subscribe. Um, leave a rating. Leave a comment. It really helps the podcast grow. I would really appreciate that. Uh, I hope everyone has a great week. If you're living in the New England area, best of luck with the snow this week. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.